welcome to Super Nerd Podcast, the adventure that brings you the latest nerd news and rumors from movies, TV, entertainment, and sometimes science. You name it, if it is nerdy, we are talking about it. And tonight's main event is... Spider-Man Spectacular! That's right, we're talking all the Spider-Man movies. I am your host, Austin, and with me, as always, is the amazing Amanda. Hey! The wild, yet elusive Jekka. Present. The rambunctious Bob. And Burn, Brady Burn. Heidi ho Hey, folks, thanks so much for joining us. Obviously, we're talking all the Spider-Man movies because we are prepping. That's right. We are getting ready for Spider-Man No Way Home right around the corner. Oh, and my little one just popped in. <laughs> hi, sweetie. You should go to bed. Hey, hey, come here. You want to say hi to everybody real quick? Come here. She's being all shy. Oh, she's running away. All right. There's a good thing we delayed the podcast for that. <laughs> I wasn't delaying. I was doing it quietly no. and getting her off to bed. I was, trying to, I was trying to get her over here to say hi. Anyways, we're talking Spider-Man and a whole lot more to include. Guess what, folks? The first official trailer for the Book of Boba Fett has been released, as well as the official trailer for the Wheel of Time. And guess what? We were just talking about last podcast. Dune 2 has been officially greenlit and a whole lot more. So make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button. We would love to nerd out with you each and every week. And if you've already hit that podcast subscribe button, you know what I'm going to say. Plus 10 nerd XP to you. Nerd XP! We love you guys. And for everyone else, as soon as you hit that podcast subscribe button, you too can start earning nerd XP. Nerd XP. But in the meantime, Bob, what's nerdy with you, man? I have been playing entirely too much Diablo 2 Resurrected. Yeah. They've done a fantastic job uh, reskinning this game and just leaving it exactly the way it was. They even <laughs> have a controller support, much to my amusement. Ah. So, it, are are you still eating and sleeping while playing Diablo 2? Yes, I am. Unfortunately, I have a job <laughs> and a family. They get in the way of killing demons <laughs> and uh, undead. So That whole adulting thing. Yeah, the yeah. whole adulting thing kind well, of sucks. We haven't seen you in a few podcasts. It looks like maybe you've lost some weight or something. Uh, yeah, 46 pounds. What? Nice. Where you Dude, going, I found it. <laughs> well congrats nice. man congrats that's awesome yeah what what's the uh what's the what's the trick diablo 2 20 hours a day <laughs> um diet and exercise man well awesome that's, it's got it right diet and exercise also get rid of the sugary drinks yeah yeah getting rid of the sugary drinks and cutting back on the alcohol helps a lot don't let your kids bring candy into the house. Oh, my word. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I think we gained about um, all of your 46 oh, pounds in candy yeah. in our house. Ugh. Yeah, we'll talk about it in a little bit. But uh, anyways, glad to have you, Bob. Jekka, what's new with you? So earlier today, I went herping, and it was lots of fun. What is herping? So herping is where you go out and look for reptiles or amphibians. So oh. the whole the field of study for reptiles and amphibians is called herpetology or herps. Um, so the pretty much like where people go out and go bird watching, 
you can go out and go herping. And so where I live, there's what's called the community forest in Arcata, California. So me and this other guy in my lab, we went out around two o'clock and just started turning over logs to see what we could find. And we found um, three species of salamanders that were just wow. chilling under the logs. It was raining a lot today. So we like it had lightened up. So it wasn't raining really hard, but they tend to come up when it's raining. So it was really fun to kind of see some native salamanders. That, is, that does sound pretty cool. What's the uh, largest lizard you saw? A salamander, not a lizard. They're an amphibian. Um, but oh. it was the northwestern <laughs> salamander. So it was like about like like three to four inches long kind of thing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And then we saw like really small ones called slender salamanders. Like they looked like worms. Like one of them, when we turned over a log, it was wiggling away into the under, mm. like the fallen leaf litter. And it looked like a worm. This mm. really skinny worm just squiggling away kind of thing so it was fun that's an interesting activity and that you made me think of a question about that so herpetology is the study of like lizards and that kind of thing right mm -hmm. yeah so do the amphibians are they under that same field of study or are they under a different i mean how does that they work are. out yeah so when you hear the phrase herpetology that includes all reptiles so turtles snakes lizards crocodiles as well as amphibians like frogs and salamanders and toads. The more you know. Yep. The more you know. <laughs> and that's the that's the area I'm going into with my master's degree is um, uh, to specifically like kind of my working project idea is to look at two a frog species and a salamander species that are always found in the same pond, laying eggs in same ponds like they share ponds together, and it's just like looking into what it is about the pond that allows them both to use the pond at the same time. Cause they're laying eggs there at the same time. They're there at the same time. So it's just kind of like figuring out how they're partitioning that pond for their own devices. So yeah. Cool. Very cool. All right, Brady, what's new with you, man? Oh, not much. Same old, same old. I picked up a new video game. I, uh, buddy of mine talked me into playing a new uh, VR game. So we, we picked up this game called Carnage Chronicles and we were uh, clearing out dungeons. It's actually kind of cool. It's a co-op game and you're in VR going through cl clearing out dungeons. So that's Dude, all that kind is, of fun stuff. That's cool. Also in preparation for this episode, I watched Spider-Man and Spider-Man and Spider-Man. <laughs> I watched all of the Spider-Man films with the exception of I ran out of time. I didn't get to watch Far From Home. Um, oh, okay. So I'm going to be a little behind on that one because it's been a while and my recollection isn't that strong. But yeah, I watched all of the other ones this week. All That's of the cool. Tobey Maguire, wow. Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, all that. Flexing some yeah. nerd cred there, man. We it did not enjoyable. watch rewatch Into the Spider-Verse. That would have well, been fun. That's okay. Well, we yeah, we've we've recently watched all the live action Spider-Man films over the past what month, two months or something like, like that. Two, three months, yeah. Yeah, we in, in preparation for uh No Way Home. So that's awesome that you could get a haul in a week, man. That's uh that is that's where you found the forty six pounds <laughs> sitting there. <laughs> so all right, Amanda, what's nerdy with you? All right. So we had Halloween, which was exciting for our kids to get 46 pounds in candy. Um, 
And so my kids, my, um, my two older kids wanted to both be the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. And I thought that was kind of lame to do two of the same. And so I convinced my kids that they could, I could get a Stay Puff Marshmallow Man and a Ghostbuster costume and they could trade events where one would wear, they could trade off the costumes. And they agreed to that. So we got them a blow up Stay Puff Marshmallow Man that has a little motor that blows up the costume. And that was awesome. And then I had, I had accidentally, I, I bought a dollar big thing of pink slime. And so the the Ghostbuster would carry around a, bu- a bucket of pink slime that read sample like 46 or something. Um, um, and we just had a lot of fun. And I picked up um, not a uh, cheapo um, after Halloween um, Ghostbuster costumes for my other <laughs> for my my kids that are going to uh, Ghostbusters three. So we're really excited. But I think he wants to talk about the Halloween door, though. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, when it came, OK, so when it came to uh, the actual trick or treaters coming to our door, we cor- we had a choreographed uh, door opening. So I had a bunch of spooky music I had speakers playing up right against the house one of the cool things is we live on a corner so we have like trick-or-treaters walking up and down the side of the house all the time so we have haunted house music going and then we had our uh giant projector uh on the inside uh with a bunch of ghosts on the movie screen so you when you're on the sidewalk and you look through our windows we had we had the uh, curtains pulled open you look through the windows you can see all these ghosts flying around inside the house and you've got uh spooky haunted house music and then we had a bunch of red lights all throughout the house, and uh, and it was awesome because the uh, the front door, uh, j- you know, has just the slightest you know space between the floor and the actual door, and so the red light was popping out at the bottom of the door. And what would happen is when somebody rings the doorbell, it would go, and um, and so I was I was in a uh, black hoodie and I had like a, a like an actually pretty good terrifying mummy mask on and I had my hood on and I'd be standing at the bowl of candy and Amanda would be behind the door. She'd open the door. But when the door opened, I'd be standing like a good like five, six feet away from the door. And so it looks like the door just opens on its own. And so I would then slowly walk up to the kids, put candy in their bag, step back two or three feet. I wouldn't move. I would just stand there looking at him. And then the door, you know, Amanda would push the door to make it look like the door is automatically closing. And I'm just, you <laughs> know, I've got all this red light silhouetting me and everything. It's so we tried to make it as creepy as possible. And we were successful. We had a, uh, we had a two year old who, uh, who, who was trying to come up to our door, but then turn around and ran away screaming. Literally. It was awesome. And then, uh, and then we had, uh, like, I don't know what a nine year old, who uh, you know took a good step back and, and, and told me I'm I'm not really scared. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, it was a lot of fun trying to spook all the kiddos. That's so. I always feel guilty when I scare little kids. <laughs> I enjoy it, but I also feel guilty. So, well, Amanda went running after one. Well, okay, so I had a lot of fun. I had like this really scary skeleton mask. In my fuzzy, like, abominable snowman, adorable 
um, pajamas. <laughs> it's it's a it's a giant fuzzy onesie with a hood, but but she was wearing a skull mask, and so it looks like because the hood is supposed to be the mouth of the abominable snowman, so it looks like the abominable snowman's been eating a human being if she wears the the skull mask. <laughs> it's pretty cool. And so kids have come up. I actually had like a number of good reactions. And then they'd hear my little voice going, Happy Halloween! <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, uh, yeah, pretty fun. Anyway, we had a lot of fun. I hope you guys had fun too. So anyways, we got a whole lot of nerd news. So let's hit that up. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. And what is the news that should be on your nerd radar? Well, the official trailer for Amazon's Primes, the Wheel of Time series, has been released. That's right. Amazon Studios has released the full trailer for the upcoming fantasy series, The Wheel of Time. And this was interesting. The trailer was presented in a 360-degree experience. Uh, you could like watch the trailer, but as you moved around, you could see like this magic light and this magic darkness, like surrounding you. It was, it was kind of interesting, but anyways, the wheel of time based on Robert Jordan's fantasy novels is a story set in a sprawling epic world where magic exists and only certain women are allowed to access it. Amanda will soon correct me as she has in every previous podcast, that this is not a good description. But uh, Rosamund Pike stars as Moraine, mm-hmm. a member of the incredibly powerful all-female organization called the Aes Sedai, as she arrives in the small town of Two Rivers. There, she embarks on a dangerous, world-spanning journey with five young men and women, one of whom is prophesied to be the Dragon Reborn. This person will either save humanity or destroy it. So the first three episodes of The Wheel of Time is coming to Amazon Prime on Friday, November 19th, right around the corner. And new episodes will premiere every Friday for the next month afterwards. And the season finale premiering December 24th. So they're wrapping it all up real quick. Anyways, let's take a listen to that trailer and we'll talk about it afterwards. Here we go. Swear your oath, Moraine Sedai. I swear to speak no word that is not true. To make no weapon with which one person may kill another. And never to use the one power as a weapon. Do you know what Aes Sedai means in the old tongue? Servants of all. It is they who serve the world. I didn't choose this path, but I will follow it. Where next? The two rivers. The old blood runs deep in those mountains. Let's hope it's prepared them for what's coming. The Dark One is waking. But there will be one who can stand against him. And it's one of the five of you. You've fully lost your mind. Your life isn't going to be what you thought. What are those? His army is coming. What can we do? We protect the people we love. No matter the cost. Our enemies are everywhere. They will leave no one standing. 
You've lost too many people already. I can't lose you. You won't. If we do not stop the Dark One now, the whole world will burn. I can't allow it. The wheel weaves as the wheel wills. Do you think we'll ever go back? Home. No. Bob, what do you think, man? I am stoked. Although I can say that uh, they hit on some high points already. They got Matt Stagger in there. They got uh, Trollocs in there. You could see some. Uh, uh, you could see some of Moraine's magic. Um, they've hit. They've hit on everything, and they've stayed true to form. I mean, of course, they're going to have to make some adaptations because the book series is like fourteen freaking books long. You're not going to be able to compress that down into a manageable season without making some cuts and making a couple of changes. But as long as they keep the story intact, I think it'll be okay. okay. Much like they did Lord of the Rings. So, Bob, here's a thought, and I want your feedback on this. Because based on the trailers that I've been seeing, and I'm really annoyed that it's really focusing, in my opinion, way too much on Moraine. I agree. I think they're going to be bringing in a new spring. And I think they're going to do like maybe the first episode based a lot what? on the new spring. What a is new a spring. new spring? A new spring is the prequel book that's about Moraine and how she became an Aes Sedai. Maybe. That seems legit. So that's why I think they're going with it. And I think they're going to do, a, in my opinion, way too much from her perspective because of that. Well, you need, don't you need a TV show with a main character? The main character should be Rand. Yeah. Well, Rand isn't really the main character in the books. Rand is a, like, ma- a MacGuffin, if anything. Well, really, the three main characters are Rand, Matt, and Perrin. Yeah, More so Matt and Perrin in the later books. I mean, Rand is... I mean, the chapters that Rand are, is in are far and few between the farther into the series you get until the last book. I'll say that's actually what turned me off to reading the books. I got pretty far in them. And it was because Rand's chapters were so few and far between that I was like, I'm done. <laughs> like, I was way more interested yeah. in Matt's chapters than I was in Rand's chapters. Um, I would get frustrated in the books and I would actually play special bookmarks so I could read one character's story all the way through the book oh, that's and smart. then switch to the other characters ah. so I could get all of them, but I could get, I didn't have to break up following the character I wanted to follow. Oh, that's smart. Maybe so that's how I'll tackle Wheel of Time again doing that method. I might make it through. It, it, it helps because I would be so invested in that character. I'm like, cliffhanger, well, I'm going to bookmark this and go back and go and find the next part. Interesting. Do we, do we know how many seasons they're going to do of this? Because, like, do not. I, I, I mean, yeah, there's a, well, like, I mean, I haven't read the books in years. So this is like really faded memory. But there's some scenes that I was like, oh, I remember something like picturing that kind of scene from like five and six um, in that trailer. Um, like books I, five and six, I should clarify. But so yeah, I'm just it's, like, it's solidly a new spring and book one. 
Oh, it's okay. solidly a new spring in book one. Okay. I, I can la- I can name every scene that I've seen in the trailer and where it is in book one or a new spring. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. the, uh, the second season, I do believe, according to Deadline anyways, has been renewed. So there's at least going to be two seasons. Um, so they must they must be pretty confident with what they've got in the first season. I'm hoping it's epic. You know, I got leviscerated on uh, <laughs> on our YouTube reactions. That was awesome. P- people are telling Amanda uh, that that she needs to divorce me because I haven't read the books. Um, the phrase was, "He's not a keeper." <laughs> <sighs> no, but. Well, I mean, <laughs> the thing is that uh, Wheel of Time fans are the only, probably the only fans that are more dedicated than Game of Thrones fans. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a complete newbie. There's got to be some room for us newbies. There is some room. Okay, there is well, room. not not according to YouTube. Well, yeah, check out our check out our reaction video, uh, Super Nerds React, and you'll be able to see see me reacting to that, but. <laughs> Anyways, we we got a lot to cover, so I'm hitting it up on our next one, because check it out, Marvel has released another new trailer for their Hawkeye series. Oh, I'm completely skipping one. Yeah, I'm like... Rewind! (laughs) (laughs) The first trailer! (laughs) The first trailer! Ipske. Ipske. (laughs) The first trailer for Masters of the Universe Revelations Part 2! Has been released. That's right. Netflix has dropped the first trailer for Kevin Smith's Master of the Universe Revelation 2. The first part of the series, apparently, I think was, you know, decent from what I saw. I didn't finish it, but a lot of fans have been, you know, lashing out because I guess there's been a lack of He-Man in that first part. Well, the backlash caught Kevin Smith off guard and he had the following to say, quote, I see people go online and say, hey, man, they're getting rid of He-Man. Like, are you really effing you know, thinking Mattel television who hired me and paid me money want to do a master of the universe show without he man grow the F up, man. Like that blew my mind. You know, a bunch of people being like, Oh, I smell it. This is a bait and switch End quote. Well, Chris Wood, who voices he man, he's trying to ease the tension of the fans by saying, quote, Adam's not dead. He's very wounded. If you want to light the whole world on fire in terms of destroying a fandom, you take He-Man out and be like, that's it, he's gone, bye. Now, what they've done is they've found really interesting ways to turn the dynamics of the show on its head and raise the stakes to a point that the original never saw, end quote. So, anyways, uh, the epic conclusion to Masters of the Universe Revelation Part 2 premieres November 23rd, only on Netflix. So let's take a listen to this trailer and we'll talk about it afterwards. We want to believe in an ordered universe. Some grand architecture holding it all together. But alas, after all these years, I finally know the real secret of Grayskull. There is only power. And now, I have the power. This is a new era. As the new sorceress, the bumbling idiocies of the past will no longer be tolerated. The only way we can stop this sorceress is with another sorceress. If we want to live, 
We're going to have to fight. If I can tap into the power, I can stop her. Soon, all of Eternia will remember this historic moment when Skeletor finally kills <laughs> What are we laughing at? See, the sword <laughs> is just the conduit. But the spark? That was always me. No. By the power of Grayskull! The power is mine alone. Why did it answer his call? Citizens of Eternia, we're in dire need of your help. There is nothing to live for. Many chaos. And to chaos. Will we all return? Thank you for being my daughter. Now you need to be something greater. Look at the sky. All hope is gone. Everything will end. Find safe positions. There are no safe positions. Oh, there's one. Behind me. are in trouble now. All right, November 23rd. One thing we also know about this show is that Brady is really looking forward to it. <laughs> I am. I'll tell you what. I just can barely contain myself. Um <laughs> Oh wait, positivity, positivity. <laughs> um so this trailer looks really good for people who are fans of the series. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't get into season one, so I, I have absolutely no emotional investment whatsoever in this. Um, so, so you did try to get into part one? I did. I, I did. And, and my younger son liked it. I, and I have not shown him this trailer. He very well may, may be yeah. enthusiastic about it. Uh, it's just not something. He-Man was a big part of my youth, like playing yeah. with the toys and watching the cartoon. I'm not going to hate on that. I'm not going to hate on... Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith is great. He does so much good stuff. I trust that this is great for the demographic. I'm just not that demographic. Um, uh, it looks great. Sounds great. You know, what more can I say? I just, you know, I'm not really part of the fan base. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched, uh, I think the first two or three episodes, I think there was yeah. only five in total. And uh, we just, I just, I didn't make them through or it make it through all of it. It didn't seem to, um, uh, stimulate the nostalgia gland like uh, like I thought it would, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that's okay. That's okay. You know, it's a, it's a new age. It's a new audience. Maybe these, you know, maybe the, the youth that um, experience this new He-Man telling um, are really into it. And that that's great. It's just not what um, – it just wasn't targeted to the folks who used to be into He-Man, I don't think. so. Yeah. But it looks, I mean, you know, the quality of it looks great. I'm sure it's going to be fine. It's just, like I said, not really, uh, not really in my wheelhouse. Sure. All right, moving on. Oh, Bob, do you want to say something? Yeah, I, uh, 
I never could quite understand why he had to keep his uh, identity secret. I mean, it's not like you're anybody hates He Man except for Skeletor. So why why keep that secret? I have no idea. Because that's what superheroes do in the eighties. You don't you don't reveal your identity. I gotta say, if I was He Man, I'd be walking around as He Man all the time. You know, I wouldn't I, go on regular I, Adam. I, whenever I think of He Man these days, I can't think of uh, I can't help but think of that song. Uh, I'm sexy and I know it because the uh, the the uh, I think it was like some music video or some fan made music video had had the '80s He Man walking around that video and it was hilarious. <laughs> All right, check it out. Marvel has released another new trailer for their Hawkeye series. Uh, it looks super fun. This is obviously a, a Christmas story because all, all Barton wants to do is to get home to his family for Christmas, but there's a few things he needs to do to take uh, care of and, and take care of before he does. In the series, former Avenger Clint Barton has a seemingly simple mission, get back to his family for Christmas. Possible? Well, maybe with the help of Kate Bishop, a 22-year-old archer with the dreams of becoming a superhero, the two are forced to work together when a presence from Barton's past threatens to derail far more than the festive spirit. When previously talking about Kate Bishop in a previous interview, uh, Renner shared some details on the story saying Kate is a 22-year-old kid and she's a big Hawkeye fan. She has a wonderfully annoying and equally charming manner about her because she's a fangirl of Hawkeye. The relationship grows from that. But the biggest problem for Clint is Kate Bishop and the onslaught of problems she brings into his life. Hawkeye debuts on Disney Plus November 24th with the first two episodes. Let's take a listen and talk about it afterwards. Here we go. Can I tell you a secret? I'm working with an Avenger. Can I speak to your manager? Didn't realize you were supposed to bring guns. It's almost Christmas. I can't go home until I fix this. Should we be worried? I'll be home for Christmas. I promise. Santa, we're out of regular arrows. Oh my God, trick arrows? We're saving the holidays. Marvel Studios Hawkeye. First two episodes streaming November 24th, only on Disney+. Plus. Oops, all right, there we go. I have to say, like, more so than the previous trailer release this one definitely shows um oh wow hold on space in the name um kate bishop yes kate bishop mm-hmm. <laughs> i was searching for the actress's name as well um but um that fangirl thing like mm-hmm. i just like that when he's like we're out of normal arrows she's like oh, trick arrows we can use those so i kind of like okay yeah i'm more I'm looking forward to this. Like this will be a fun holiday TV show to watch, and 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 also there's like a brief scene that looks like Wanda in there. Did you notice that? 
Oh, I did not. It, it looked like there's. It looks like there's Wanda. That's gonna be. What What did you see? It, it was just um, the actress that plays Wanda. Like she's in a red dress, but she has like straight black chin length black hair. Oh. And she's like, it looks like she's sitting at a restaurant table holding hmm. a glass of wine or something. And yeah, like it's just very brief. But I was like, whoa, is that Wanda? So I wonder because like all of these TV shows are building up to this next Avengers crossover phase four thing. So I wonder if she's going to make a little pop in at some hmm. point. That would be interesting. I agree with you on the fangirl thing, because the, what sold that to me was when she was in the elevator and she yes. told that person that face <laughs> she made, it was like, Oh my God. <laughs> and then she's like talking to her dog. She's like, we're going to save the holidays. Like we're going to save Christmas. <laughs> it's I like also like how they're marketing dream. this as like a, as like a, a holiday event, right? It's not, it's not, this is a, an Avenger story or this is a Mar it's a, it's a holiday story. So it's uh yeah, it's kind of got that vibe to it. I kind of dig that they're doing that. So. Yeah, very much so. All right, moving on. Check this out. We got it's like trailers galore this podcast because another trailer has dropped recently. The first official trailer for The Witcher season 2. That's right. Netflix has dropped a new trailer for The Witcher season 2. It offers an exciting look at what's store in the next chapter of the fantasy series. Henry Cavill uh finds himself on quite an adventurous journey as He's battling dangerous monsters, including some sort of like tree ent with tentacles. Uh, on top of that, Yennefer and the rest of her group of mages find themselves caught up in some sort of epic war of chaos involving all sorts of magic. Looks all sorts of fun. The official synopsis goes like this. Uh, Geralt Rivera convinced Yennefer's life was lost at the Battle of Soden, was, uh, is seeking to bring Princess Cerulea to the safest place he knows, his childhood home, of Care Morin, while the continent's kings, elves, humans, and demons strive for supremacy outside its walls, he must protect the girl from something far more dangerous. The mysterious power she possesses inside. The Witcher Season 2 is coming out December 17th to Netflix, right around the corner as well. A lot of good stuff coming out. Something has changed, girl. The world's acting strange these days. The North and South are at war. Monsters roaming wonders should be hibernating. Maybe it's the end of days. Are you winning? I've lived through three supposed end of days. It's all horseshit. This continent was meant for no one. None of us will have any peace. Until there are no monsters left in the world. That's my home. My fight. Your precious leader's after something. You're a pawn to get to it. We build our forces, strengthen our numbers. We are an empire. The war's just begun. Oh, 
an illness that can consume you. Our best chance is to face it. Are you ready for this? What you say about that girl's power is true. You can't help her. The man, myth, legend. We need your help. Fine, but first, gentlemen, it's been an honor. What? I made new friends. Get over it. Jealous? So I'm really excited to see Cirilla kind of become more of an important character because I will admit before Austin was saying her name, I completely had forgotten it. Um, <laughs> I love how they kept guest gear to the end of the trailer because when I was watching it, all I could think of was like, where's Gaskier? I want Gaskier. Is he not in it? I got started to get scared. And then they had him right at the end. And I was like, yes. Mm. Talking to his little mousy friends. Yes. Um, I like how they're they're really working towards kind of giving us a better idea of what's happening with the current war. Like the, the first season was so time jumped and jumbled like it was hard to get a clear picture of exactly what was happening, but they were kind of trying to give you the backstory of why the, the events that lead up to this war that's happening. Yeah, I wonder how deep they're going to go. I mean, I, this is all based on some book series. I don't know anything about the book series. Um, and I know there's a bunch of games based off this, but uh I don't know. It looks epic. I mean, you can tell they definitely increased the budget and they've put more effort into this uh, compared to the you know first season. And uh, I think we, the fans, are going to be the recipients of some pretty cool stuff. Uh, moving on, though. Check this out. The first official trailer for the book of Boba Fett has been released. That's right. Disney Plus, just this morning, has dropped the first trailer for Lucasfilm's upcoming live-action Star Wars series, The Book of Boba Fett, and it looks just as awesome. It has the same high-quality production that we've been seeing in The Mandalorian. The Book of Boba Fett finds legendary bounty hunter Boba Fett and mercenary Fennec Shand navigating the galaxy's underworld when they return to the sands of Tatooine to stake their claim on the territory once ruled by Jabba the Hutt and his crime syndicate. The Book of Boba Fett Comes to Disney Plus starting December 29th. Let's take a listen. I am not a bounty hunter. I've heard otherwise. I know that you sit on the throne of your former employer. 
Jabba ruled with fear. I intend to rule with respect. You were all once captains under Jabba the Hutt. I'm here to make a proposal that's mutually beneficial. Why speak of conflict when cooperation can make us all rich? What prevents us all from killing you? Taking what we want. If you had spoken such insolence to Java, he'd have fed you to his menagerie. Please, speak freely. to say the thing that stood out to most the most to me in this trailer is the fact that boba wants to not rule with fear but with respect and then at the very end there he says speak freely that's a very admiral grand admiral thrawn move um Mm -hmm. like and and i've been reading that i want to call it the original book trilogy where it introduced thrawn written by timothy zahn and i've read i've ranted and raved about the other Thrawn books I've read, but um, mm-hmm. that's a very, that's the technique of Thrawn. And I'm kind of, I find it interesting that Boba is approaching it that way. And I wonder, this is just me wanting Thrawn because like, he's so cool. <laughs> that I wonder <laughs> if like Boba crossed paths with him or something like that, because that's kind of like, I, I, it took me by surprise. I did not expect Boba Fett to act that way. But mm. so it's like, I'm very intrigued. You know, what, what what I what I've been catching hints of with Boba Fett and Jango Fett, uh, you know, over the years, is that with Tamara Morrison being a, a Pacific Islander, I think I think they're taking some of his uh, Pacific Islander culture and adding it to the character of Boba Fett, the the warrior culture. That yeah. is, and and I like it. I think I think it works. Um, and I think when when, when I heard, uh, you know, I want to rule with respect and speak freely. That's that's where my mind went to is like the Pacific Islander warrior culture. Yeah, no, um, it's it's very much like a a very respectful warrior. Yes. Um, yeah, it, it, a code of honor kind of thing. Like that's yeah. what you would expect with warrior code of honor. You know, so. Yeah, it's it's very intriguing. I was like, "Ooh, this is interesting." I, I think I think we're seeing a more mature Boba Fett. He's he's lived through some things now. He's seen a lot. I mean, he's yeah. seen I mean, he's seen the Clone Wars. He's seen Jedi at their peak. He's seen, you know, all sorts of craziness. And now he's like, "All right. I've I've seen what's been working and failing. Uh and I'm going I'm going to take a different approach." Anyway, I've like I like the trailer. Yeah. I think it looks no, cool. No, it's a great trailer. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, my biggest question ever since he popped up in Mandalorian season two is why is Boba Fett's, uh, the under portion of his armor? It used to be kind of like a, a grayish tan and now it's black. <laughs> hmm. 
Why did why did he decide to go black? I don't know. I'm just curious. Sarlacc pit juices. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> black is the new tan. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> hey, I, I got a theory. I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna state this right now. I think uh, Fennec Shand uh, somehow gets alerted to Boba Fett being in distress uh, in Tatooine on, on in the Starlight Pit, and I think somehow she helps him get out, and mm. um, and that's why Boba Fett shows up in season one to help her out when she's laying laying there dying on the sands of Tatooine as well. It's like this, uh, you know, I got your back, you got my back type of situation. Anyway, that's that's my prediction. Anyway, but. Moving on, speaking of Star Wars, there's a Star Wars and or casting rumor uh, that could mean maybe the return of a familiar sequel trilogy uh, character. So uh, that's right. A new casting rumor has surfaced regarding Lucasfilm's upcoming Star Wars and or series. The 12 episode and or series set five years before the events of Rogue One in the early days of the rebellion against the Empire being described as a tense, nail-biting spy thriller. It's going to have a whole lot of interesting characters coming back. Uh, but uh, but there's one casting rumor that's popped up from an interesting source. And if you don't want to know what it is, because maybe there's a spoiler warning, that I would re- I would move the uh, podcast, fast-forward a you know, good two, three minutes. That's your spoiler warning, folks, because there's a, there is a... Uh, report coming out from making star wars saying that andy circus has been cast in the disney plus series and as you know andy circus portrayed supreme leader snoke in the force awakens and the last jedi so with andy circus possibly joining the show is there is there a good chance that we're going to be seeing snoke in some ways i don't know um you know one thing that's interesting about all this is uh, Diego Luna has previously teased, quote, you'll you'll definitely see some familiar faces. I can tell you about this uh, project like uh, no other because I can't spoil the ending if you've seen Rogue One already. No matter what I say, I can't ruin the ending. But it's that first part that's interesting. You'll definitely see some familiar uh, faces. Could Andy Serkis be playing Snoke? Well, maybe Snoke will have an impact. You know, in the in the in the in the cinematic universe, there he didn't really. I say, yeah, he, Snoke didn't. I mean, he, Snoke was just like this thing. There was no real. There was never really any fear of Snoke. There was no direct impact that Snoke had. So I, I yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I. <laughs> I mean, I don't care if Snoke is there or not. If 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 Snoke's there, great. That'll be great to see. But if not, I'm I'm not hinging on it. It's not like a major character I'm waiting to see. I, <laughs> you know. I mean, I, it really, it's not. Now, it'll be great if Snoke's there and it's fleshed out and it's this threatening character and you know, you get to see a little bit more. That will be awesome. Um and it'll have that hook from 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 the movies, but um but yeah, I mean, I don't know what else it could be, right? If Andy Serkis is is going to be in there, I'm just, all... just going to point out Andy Serkis is very much a character actor, and a lot of times he can get lost where you don't really, you can't really tell it's him anymore, and so he could be playing sure. completely a different character that's completely CGI, and it could be just something completely different. He could, like but ten foot size Sterling or. <laughs> I mean, he could, he could, but 
Uh, but if he does come back and they bring Snoke into it, uh, I think that would be pretty interesting to give some sort of like big, deep backstory to Snoke that we don't really know much about. Maybe we'll see some sort of like weird Sith, uh, you know, cloning preparations that Palpatine, Palpatine is uh, working on uh, as a backup plan. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting stuff for sure. Yeah. Well, and, you know, that could that could change the experience of rewatching the movies. If, yes. If it provide, and, and maybe that's what they're going to do. Right. Because there was a lot of complaints about Snoke in the movies. And, you know, if they flesh that out in the series, then, yeah, maybe that that'll lend different weight to that character in the in <laughs> cinema. Who knows? It's probably a good thing that there's about 20 years between Return of the Jedi and uh, The Force Awakens. So that way, Disney has lots of room to try to fix uh, <laughs> all that they did. So anyways, moving on. Last but not least, check this out. Dune 2. That's right. Dune Part 2 has been officially greenlit. Legendary Pictures announced via Twitter saying, quote, this is only the beginning. Thank you to those who have experienced the Dune movie so far and those who are going in the days and weeks ahead. We are excited to continue the journey. It's also been confirmed that the film will be released October 20th, 2023. Director Dennis Villeneuve has previously teased Dune Part one is just an appetizer for the second part still to come. He then describes the second part as, quote, the main meal. And it is. It is so mm-hmm. the main meal. Like, that's where so much gets revealed. I mean, Jack and I talked about how there's one part we didn't want to spoil for you guys because they <laughs> are going to talk about it in the next movie. And it's going to explain so much of the politics that were really kind of confusing people. In the first part. Yeah. So, I'm excited that they're, they're going to get to do it. I know. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm, I'm thrilled too. It sounds like they have this, they had the script already made. So they were yeah. thinking ahead. Like they were at least prepared. So like what they said, they can jump right on to like, you know, making sets and the costumes and all that, which that makes me very happy. It's like, okay, yay. <laughs> That's yeah. Good. One of the it's- things you worry about <clears throat> when they, when they film a movie with a young actor playing the primary role is how much are they going to age by the time they film the mm-hmm. next one? Exactly. But I realized this, the guy who plays Paul's like 25. So he's not changing a lot. <laughs> you know? and, and they do also have the advantage that there is, um, I mean, I wonder if they're still going to pan this out in it, but in the book, there's actually like a three year gap that happens. Oh, really? Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that plays out really well then with the timing of when that movie is going to come out. Well, and we'll, how long it was delayed to go to the yeah, theater. October <laughs> yeah, October 20th, 2023. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's so. pretty cool. So anyways, let's talk some Spider-Man. We had our honeymoon on Alderaan. Good thing we took pictures, huh? <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. You have no idea what you're dealing with. Uh, Shakespeare in the Park. And that bell means it is time for our Spider-Man! Spider-Man! I forgot what I called the episode! (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man Stravaganza, that's right. Oh, (laughs) boy. That's the title. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I worked... So, So normally we have a trailer to play for a movie before we go into it. We don't really have anything unless I'm going to play like, you know, 15 minutes of Spider-Man trailer. So 
I made this little highlight trailer. All right, you ready for this? I'm gonna play this. I, I'm confused go. as to the relationship here. I mean, what, what, what is he, your ward? No, I'm Peter, by the way. Doctor Strange. Oh, you're using made-up names. Um, <laughs> I'm Spider-Man. Then. What are you doing up there? Staying away from you. That's a cute outfit. Did your husband give it to you? <clears throat> you know, in the future, if you're gonna steal cars, don't dress like a car thief, man. What are you? You a cop? Really? You seriously think I'm a cop? Cop in a skin-tight red and blue suit. You know, you're you're you're. I've got a mind of a true scholar, sir. Go with. Fly. Up, up, and away with. Shazam. Go. Go. Go with. Go. Um, here's my report for tonight. I stopped at Grand Theft Bicycle. Couldn't find the owner, so I just left a note. Um, I just lost the Dominican lady. She was really nice and bought me a churro. Why would I tell her about the churro? Uh, the okay. real knife? Yes, it's a real knife. My weakness is small knives. Just let me go. Have you picked up knives? Oh, it's so simple. Okay, there's Captain America, Iron Man, Black Widow. Whoa, who's that new guy? Oh, that's me. I gotta go, I gotta go. Well... Beat's taking the subway. Oh my gosh, she just needs to use the elevator. Wait! Who are you? You know who I am. I do. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. There you go. You okay? <gasps> you alright? Just Spider-Man. Costume gets it away, huh? But this is pretty important, Max. Max, how do you know my name? It's written on your badge. I'm a nobody. Hey, you're not a nobody. You're somebody. Like that. Alright, listen to me. Oh, I need you. You're my eyes and ears out here. All right? All right. I'll see you out there. Hey, special shout out to all you super nerds who have hit that podcast subscribe button. We really, really appreciate you. Please help us get the word out. Tell a friend about the podcast. And I want to invite you, if you've not done so already, to hit that podcast subscribe button. Come on, do it. You'll get plus 10 nerd XP. Nerd XP. All right. Let's talk... (laughs) Every single Spider-Man movie that's come out so far to prepare for Spider-Man No Way Home. You know, we we originally thought about breaking this up, like maybe do, doing just the Tom Holland and then Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield movies. Uh, but then we've got all this stuff coming out. <laughs> you know, we just had all these trailers for like five different shows coming out in the next two months. So obviously our, our podcasts are going to get filled. Well, so much was delayed with COVID. Yeah. Now it's all coming at once. Yeah, so so we're, we're, we're preparing for Spider-Man No Way Home a little far in advance, maybe about two months or so, but we, we got to get it in there. We can't just, we can't just, you know, not prepare for Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, so, so we're talking, we're talking Spider-Man. So I got, you know, we got three Spider-Men and Peter Parkers, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland. So I'm just gonna say four. Four? Yeah. No, we got three. Oh, yes, yeah. You're not counting Miles Morales. No, no, no. I'm I'm just talking the live action. Oh, okay. I'm I'm just talking our live action guys. Oh. Uh, Well, Miles Morales does share continuity. (laughs) He does not have a live action film, dude. Uh, But it shares continuity with the Tobey Maguire films. Yeah, and we can't we can't talk about. We can't talk about all of these modern Spider-Man movies without including uh, Into the Spider-Verse. I know. I feel bad. You watched that. 
And I, I watched it because it's the best one of them all. Okay. Oh, I'll just lay it out there. It's good. I wouldn't say it's the you best. You guys are all Miles Morales. We're talking actors' names. You guys don't even know the voice actor. Oh. Which is who? Yeah, that would be uh, Shemike Shema- Moore. They were bringing it up. Shemike? I'm just okay. pointing it out. All right. I will look this up because IMDb is my best friend. You all should know that by now. Oh, I was basically challenging you to do that. So in preparation preparation for No Way Home, in which everybody on Earth is hoping to see Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland on the big screen together, who is the best Spider-Man? Who is the best Peter Parker? Or 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 what's the pros and cons to each or whatever? Do you have a favorite? So <laughs> it's hard. I really like Andrew Garfield because I really feel like he really? really did a great job. Like he's he's more of an amazing Spider-Man, and they I really liked him as Amazing Spider-Man. Um not really a fan of Toby McGuire. I agree. Uh, um Tom Holland, I I didn't like him at first, but the way he's able to move, like it, he really kind of got me. I'm like, you know, he's Spider Man. I could, I could well, because I guess Spider-Man. he, I guess he's got like a like a big gymnastics background or something. So he yeah. he can actually do all like these flips and all these things. I will admit his um his run on the lip sync battle really sold me on like he can do this. You know, it's oh my funny gosh, you I, mentioned... I know what you're talking about, Amanda. <laughs> it took me a while. I was like, lip sync battle, but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> that is pretty epic. <laughs> if yeah, you, it's if... funny you oh, mentioned the physical, like his his ability. Like he moves like Spider Man. I 100% agree. I don't know that he's my favorite Spider Man, but I think he's the physically the most Spider Man-y Spider Man. Yeah. Right. I don't know that he's my favorite as far as the actors that play that, and they're all so different. You know. Yeah. Uh, they, are, they really are. I mean, they're they're really different characters. That you, if you look at him, and he's got his little web shooters, and you look at Tobey Maguire, and he shoots webs, right? You know, so they're very they're very different how they're portrayed in, in the movies. Um, but yeah, um, I know, that, agree with you, man. That that is one thing I really liked. Uh, so so I like Tobey Maguire's Spider Man. I thought he did great, but one thing he did not do great at was being the kind of snarky uh, Spider-Man from the comics. Exactly. And out of the three, I actually think Andrew Garfield did the best at that mm-hmm. because because he just comes across as kind of a snarky, egotistic teenager. Having said all that, I think Tom Holland's Spider-Man has had some of the best moments to be snarky. So, so he's been able to play with that a little bit more. So, so I, I do know that um, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man was based off a different set of Spider-Man comics than like the Amazing Spider-Man comics. I can't remember what they were called. Um, weren't they all called the Amazing no, Spider-Man? No, no, because they have different. No, there are so many different yes. versions. You got Amazing Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, well, I know, Ultimate I know. Spider-Man. But the, yeah, the first so Spider-Man I think Tobey Maguire was based on the Ultimate Spider-Man comics. Oh, no, 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 no. Also, the, so I've read all the Ultimate Spider-Man comics. Okay. That's, uh, that's more like a, a Marvel what-if type of universe. Okay, honestly, I can't remember Okay, a lot of it. One way or the other. Back when I was in high school watching it, like... <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. So, so who's the best Spider-Man? <laughs> Miles Morales. I yeah. think that was a kind of consensus yeah. before we started. That it was yes. Miles Morales. No. <laughs> Live action. IMDb, come back. Yeah, what does Google say? Tomek Moore was his name. But there's also Jake Johnson, who played Peter Parker, and Chris Pine, who played Peter Parker. Thank Uh, you very much. Chris Pine played Peter Parker? And Nicolas Cage, so to speak, you know. Huh? Yeah, he was noir. Well, he was more Spider-Man. Well, according to (laughs) Insider.com, Tom Holland's the best. (laughs) <laughs> number two is uh shamik moore yeah from spider-man into the spider-verse and number three is toby mcguire so not even uh, Andy chris pine made number five andrew garfield oh come on andrew garfield's all the way back here they've got the pig from spider-man into the spider-verse being better <laughs> than andrew garfield on this what? list Parker was pretty awesome though they got him as number 10. Oh, jeez. Come on. Yeah, I'm, All I'm I know, thinking... I'm betting the spider pig came from The Simpsons, though. Spider pig. Spider yeah. Pig. All right. Well, what, who, who played the best Peter Parker? I think, I think it's definitively Tom Holland. See, and I'm, I'm kind of like. <sighs> I'd have to go with Tom Holland, too. Yeah, Tom Holland plays a really know, good Peter Parker. I'm I'm with Amanda yeah. that Andrew Garfield did a good job of being like the snarky Peter Parker. So the the problem is is Tom, Tom Holland, Holland did not, are not okay. So it's not Tom Holland. It's um Andrew Garfield did not do a good job with Peter Parker because oh, he was too yes he he was too assertive. He was too skateboard uh, punk. Uh, uh, to be Peter Parker. And that was my only problem with Andrew Garfield is that he wasn't like, he was too cool yes. to be Peter Parker. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, that exactly does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm seeing, I'm still, um, I will confess that my preparation for this podcast was like my preparation for Halloween and that it did not happen. <laughs> so, I, uh, anyways. Um, but yeah, no, I just remember like thinking back to my reactions. Yeah. Tom Holland, I felt was the best portrayal of Peter Parker because he looked the part of a high schooler and he acted like a high schooler, the whole awkward yeah. teenage thing. Yes. 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 Yeah. I like Tom Holland's Peter Parker. Um, My, I like Tom Holland's Peter Parker, but I like Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man mixed with uh, Andrew Snark. Garfield's snarky <laughs> as yeah. Spider-Man. That's, yeah, that's my, how I like it. My wife made a good observation. Um, I was talking to her earlier today about what we were covering tonight. And she made a good observation. We were talking about Tom Holland versus uh, Tobey Maguire. Um, and she said that Tobey Maguire, and I agree with her, uh, Tobey Maguire had more of a vulnerability to him in yes, those movies. He, he was he was much more, um, yeah, I mean, it, he really sank deeper into the, 
character and, you know, what's going to happen if I get found out and his relationship with MJ and his relationship with his aunt. I think that, I think that he, I think that the character portrayal with Tobey Maguire was just much deeper than any of the others. It and was. I think that's what edges. I mean, I really like Tom Holland. I, I, you know, I do. There's nothing wrong, but it's a different character. Tobey Maguire played a Spider-Man. You know, Tom Holland nailed the uh, the night. You know, being very naive and young and the high schooler and all of that. But Tobey Maguire really, I think, grabbed a hold of the um, uncertainty of the role of, of his role as Spider-Man you know, and the self-doubt and, and all of that thing, I think a lot more so than, than any of the other portrayals. That's well, yeah, yeah. no, I agree maybe, with that. Maybe Miles Morales, but, but if we're talking live action, I think that, I think Toby Maguire nailed that aspect of, of the Spider-Man role uh, more so than the others. Yeah. My personal opinion here, um, and, and I know you're, you're going to dislike this. However, I do not, after watching, um, after watching all the other Spider-Mans, I don't like Tobey Maguire anymore. Really? Wow. Yeah. Um, I loved the movies. Don't get me wrong. I love the movies. But after watching the other ones, his acting comes off as fake. It's hard to watch. I can understand that. But, but. Tobey Maguire's villains uh, in one and two were amazing. I agree um, with that. The Goblin, Norman Osborn, just, he nailed that. He kicked it out of the park. Now, the costume could have been redesigned, but just the the insanity that is the Goblin was right there. Oh, and then yeah. you had, um, uh, how do you pronounce his name? Alfred what? Manoia? Um, Molina. Molina? Yes. He uh, he epitomized Doc Ock to me. Oh, yeah. Now, Big time, it was yeah. a different way of looking at Doc Ock, but, I mean, just the look of him was just spot on. Absolutely. Yeah, so, I agree with that. Oftentimes, I, I look at movies, and it's not the hero that really makes the movie succeed. It's the villains. And I think that's why Spider-Man 1 and 2 with Tobey Maguire were so amazing is the villains really carried it and really made you feel it. And it allowed for uh, for Tobey Maguire to be a very vulnerable Spider-Man because the villains were so amazing. Yeah. So if I had to maybe rank my top villains from all the movies i'd put doc ock first then uh green goblin then i might i might put vulture uh from uh homecoming and then a close fourth might be lizard from uh amazing spider-man one uh and i don't i don't know who i'd put in the number five spot maybe I don't know, maybe maybe Sandman and then Electro. I wasn't I wasn't too impressed with Electro from uh, Amazing Spider-Man two. Yeah, know. and the the portrayals of Green Goblin and, in uh, 
well, and Kingpin, really. Green Goblin, Kingpin, and uh, and Dr. Olivia Octavius in Into the Spider-Verse. You know, those were really well done, too. And Green Goblin in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was, was pretty phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, and so was Doc Ock, right? You know, I guess we can make the argument of the multiverse in this, right? Because there are different different Spider-Mans, different villains. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Doc Ock, uh, just as Spider-Man can be young, old, pig, male, female in these, <laughs> in these parallel universes, so can these villains. So Doc Ock can be young, old, male, female, pig, who knows? Um, yeah, the, the way they pulled off Doc Ock in, in Into the Spider-Verse was pretty phenomenal as well. Well, I honestly think that they're going to be pulling um, on the villains more with the new um, No Way Home because that's what they're showing in the trailers. And I think and the, we got the shot. We the, got the shot of Venom. No, we didn't. That was that was a fan made anyway, trailer. So, but the big thing I think is is we do need to be looking at the villains more so than like how awesome it would be to have all the Spider Men together. Yeah, that'd be cool. But. The villains, I think, are well, going to be more important. Uh, here's, a, here's something that I've always said about the Spider-Man films and Superman, superhero films in general. If you don't have a strong story and a strong lead, the adding villains is only going to be to your detriment. Look at, um, look at Spider-Man 1 and 2. Great. Spider-Man 3. They had the second Green Goblin, Sandman, and Venom. They had Hobgoblin. Yeah. And yeah. It, 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 it wasn't Hobgoblin. It was second Green Goblin. Okay. Well, I'm just going to point out that they had very weak villains. Exactly. And they threw a bunch together instead of making strong villains. Are you talking and about Amazing Spider-Man? I'm lost now. We're, we're talking about <laughs> Spider-Man 3. Oh, Spider-Man 3. Okay. 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 So we, we had a very, very weak Venom. Like, really, they, I, I think they tried to get somebody that was, like, just... name? I was going to say more like same... But it felt like they were trying to get everyone the same body type. Um, <laughs> well, rumor had it that Sam Raimi didn't really like Venom, and the studio pushed him to have yeah. Venom in the, in the movie. I, I was so. I was about to say out of all the original Spider-Man movies, Spider-Man three felt the most uh, uh, like it had been taken away from Sam Sam Raimi's control, and the studio had their fingers all over it. So I'd have to agree with that, and that's probably the uh, the biggest problem with Spider-Man three, and that emo scene. Oh my gosh, the emo! <laughs> Every time I watch it, I'm like. What? And they throw back to that in the Spider Verse. What's that? They do a throwback to that in uh, Spider Man into the Spider Verse. He does that dance, and he's like, "Yeah, we don't talk about that." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they uh, into the Spider Verse really, really tied everything together, and I'm really hoping that Into Spider Verse Two leans on the uh, Tom Holland films. Yeah. So I have a question. How how long about specifically about one of the films? How long has it been since you've spe- seen Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire? 
like two months ago. Okay. Did that th- Sam Raimi's director choices in that some of his shot choices, like I noticed about a third of the way into the film and then it just started jumping out at me every time it happened. You know, those horror movie screams when yeah. people scream and, and the signal come. Oh right. yeah. It, it, th- those are riddled throughout that whole movie. It's oh like, yeah. There's like the horror scream and the zoom in on the face. Yeah. Well that, that's his, uh, that's, that's his directing style because that's, he likes to direct horror films. So that's yeah. where he came from. Yeah. yeah I yeah. saw that all over the place. Yeah. Especially, really especially in Spider Man 2's, uh, you know, Doc Ock hospital scene. I mean, that was just a little mm-hmm. mini horror movie, which was it was a pretty good one too. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so, 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 I, so I gave my order of of best villain, best villains. Uh, you know, Doc Ock, then Green Goblin, then Vulture, then Lizard. Those, I, I'm definitely committed to that order. What about you guys? Uh, What's what's your order of best villains? Um, I would say mine is uh, Doc Ock. Yeah. And Goblin, and then I actually really liked Mysterio from Far From Home. Mm. Um, Ooh. simply because he was like you know whenever you watch movies or read books, and there's like a glitch in a system or something, and they're like, oh, it's just a glitch, don't worry about it. He didn't. He was like. We're missing one. Why are we missing one? They're like, oh, it probably just like, you know, got lost on the way home. He's like, mm, no, my drones should come back. And then he looks it up and finds out, oh, it's missing, full on missing. And I think Peter Parker has it, you know. And I just really like that about him. He was a smart villain. Like he didn't just wave away, you know, little like uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Like little tiny technicalities that normally would, you know, end up be a plot device in the hero's favor. I liked it that he didn't wave those away. And so it made him like a really good, formidable opponent for Peter Parker, like Spider-Man to face because he didn't fall for that. Um, Plus, I really liked the line he says when he's like, oh, great, now I got to kill him (laughs) kind of thing. Like it's it's this chore he has to do. Like he just barely had to add it to his ever-growing to-do list and he's frustrated by it and annoyed by it. So... So okay. I, I really liked him for that reason, just because he was like a very like he he felt believable, like how a, a villain, like a very smart villain would act. So I like that about it. OK, interesting. Bob Brady, I'm curious what your I, order is. I would say my uh, my number one is going to be Doc Ock. Obviously, I I absolutely adore the second uh, film specifically for his portrayal of Doc Ock. Um, number two is going to be the Vulture. Okay. I thought that, uh, I thought his uh, portrayal of the Vulture was just spot on. And now keep in mind that these aren't most of these are not traditional um, backgrounds for these characters. I mean, they reimagined all the backgrounds for these characters and it really added another dimension to them. So that's part of what I liked about them. Um, I also liked uh, the lizard. Yeah. How he uh, how he was very, very primal and how it was it was absolutely a mistake. So those are my top three. I could keep going down the list, but yeah, yeah. 
you know, for me, I, I'm going to make a unanimous Doc Ock really is number one. I really liked Kingpin and team from into the spider verse was my, would be my number two. Uh, and then green goblin following that it's all the others, you know, you guys hold vulture in pretty high regard. I think that, that, uh, Michael Keaton's portrayal of vulture was really strong. I don't think vulture as a villain was, a strong villain. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think, no, I I think the betrayal was great. I think, but I, I just don't think vulture as a, as a threat. Um, I mean, you know, it was a pretty rough, it was a pretty rough go for, for young Peter Parker, but I, I, as, as you know, across the landscape of villains, I don't think vulture vulture was as strong as a villain as some of the others. I mean, even Sandman, you know, um, if they had portrayed, him to full power but i you know i i think really i'm with you guys doc ock kingpin and team green goblin and then the rest yeah i um i thought michael keaton's vulture was a good opening villain for a brand new spider-man i thought he worked well for that um yeah all right all right ready for this let's rank the movies from best to worst. <laughs> hmm. uh, so we got, I wonder what everyone's last place is going to be. Uh, okay, so I'll put Spider-Man 3 there. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. All right. So let's take yeah. Okay. So, so we got, we got Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3, Amazing Spider-Man and then Amazing Spider-Man 2, and then we got uh, Homecoming, uh, Far From Home, and then and then No Way Home. Mm. Or I guess No Way Home isn't out yet, so. Yeah, we haven't seen it. Yeah. Unless you're holding out on us, Austin. Nope. So we got <laughs> seven spots. Spider-Man 3 num- is at number seven. All right. Spider-Man 2, number one? No. Um, no. Spider-Man 2 Not is for me. two for me. Um, I would... I usually say Spider-Man 2, but uh, I'm going to go with the Amazing Spider-Man 2 just for Ooh. the Gwen Stacy death. Yes. Dude, no, no way, no way! Spider-Man Two uh, takes a step back to Amazing it's Spider-Man. That yeah. one scene, that one scene uh, steals it. I, I, dude, I'd, I'd put Amazing Spider-Man Two at maybe <laughs> n- number six or number five. No, that one me. scene just uh, it was shot for shot right from the book. Uh, okay, maybe, maybe we'll have to do our own orders because I can't, I can't agree with Amazing Spider-Man Two. Being that high, but Amazing Spider-Man Two for you is number one. Yeah, and, and then got... I probably agree with you on the rest. Well, I, okay, uh, I would put Spider-Man Two, then Spider-Man, then probably uh, Homecoming. Amazing Spider-Man 
Far From Home, Amazing Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3. That That's my order. I'm going to give my top three. Um, so I, I think third, I would probably put, I don't know, there's a tie for third. Spider-Man and Homecoming. The first in each of those. Mm, those, okay, yep. those, are t- those are tied for third for me. Uh, Spider-Man 2 is in the number two spot for me. And Spider-Verse uh, is number one. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is number one for Interesting. me. Interesting. Yeah. I think the story was just so strong in that. And the connection to the character was really strong. Uh, yeah, I think I know you're not big on the animated, but, you know, it, it, it's in play. And I think that it's too strong of a movie to leave out. Interesting. Interesting. Jekka, do you want to try giving us your top three or whatever? Yeah. I mean, like, as I think back on them all and like, and mostly I'm gauging off of like my reactions, like when I walked away from watching it, um, I will have to say, um, so I'm going to put two in first place because I'm with Brady. We're into the Spider-Verse, hands down my absolute favorite. Like of all of them, I have rewatched that one the most. But in difference to you, Austin, your intention to not include that one in this discussion, I'll say like, if you're not counting that, then I would actually like, to me, in all honesty, like Far From Home would be my first. Like I just oh, really? really enjoyed that one, surprisingly more than Homecoming. Um, and then Homecoming would be number two. And then I'm going to lump them together because, like, I really liked them. No, c- yeah. Spider-Man 2 would come next. Oh, I don't know. See, I'm, just, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to go off my memory because, yeah, I think. Okay, so so Far From Home and then Homecoming. And then I would say Spider-Man. Followed by Spider-Man 2. And that's like really, really close together. Like, depending Mm. on my mood, I could easily swap those. (laughs) Um, And then after that, the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans. And then Spider-Man 3. And that Garfield, yeah. And I'm with Brady in that the second Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2 would be higher than the first one because of that Gwen Stacy scene, death scene. Yeah. Because that was pretty awesome. That was really good like acting and writing especially acting so i'll go for it brady i I do want to give one prop to homecoming because it was a good solid movie Mm -hmm. i really enjoyed rewatch i rewatched that one last night i really enjoyed that movie um but i think that one of the greatest closing lines for any movie was aunt may because oh yes and and you see her standing behind peter parker in his spider-man outfit without the mask you see him drop down he's standing there you see her behind him and you don't know if she's just gonna drop what's in her hand if she's just gonna faint or what but it's quite it's like a long uncomfortable silence with her standing behind him and it's just like what the and then you know what i i forgot that i'm gonna reorder I'm going to say Spider-Man 2, then Homecoming, then then Spider-Man. I had Homecoming at 3. So, if I'm real quickly. Oh, yeah, that was that was a great scene. Hey, uh, before we wrap up, we, we, we need to talk just a little preparation of Spider-Man No Way Home. Because check this out. There's some things popping up on the internet. One of those things, 
uh, comes from Empire Magazine. Kevin Feige is basically saying that we, the fans, need to keep our expectations in check for Spider-Man No No Way Home. What's he referring to? Well, I'm pretty sure the entire internet is trying to will into existence Tom Holland uh, being joined with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. Will it happen? I don't know. But here's what Kevin Feige has to say in this interview with Empire. Quote, rumors are fun because many of them are true and many of them are not true. The danger is when you get into the expectations game of wanting people to be excited about the movie they get and not disappointed about a movie they don't get, end quote. In addition to that, uh, Andrew Garfield, he's had a movie that's come out recently, so he's doing the press circuits, and all these different interviews are bringing up Spider-Man No Way Home, and they're all asking him pretty pretty bluntly, are you going to be in this film? And he says the same thing over and over again. No, I'm not going to be in it. No, I'm not going to be in it. Let's listen to one of those interviews. I got an interview with um, him. I am running right out of time, so... There are rumors galore that you will be in Spider-Man No oh, Way man. Home. <laughs> you, oh, boy. What, do you, what do you think of those rumors? Again, like, I feel, I feel like I'm in a game of werewolf, and I'm just saying I'm not the werewolf. I'm not the werewolf. I promise you guys I'm not the werewolf. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, listen, what people are talking about <laughs> is a really cool idea. And, 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 again, I haven't received a phone call, but, you know. Is- is revisiting the role of Peter Parker something that you would ever be interested in? It's weird. It's not something I've really thought about because it, it, I really kind of, I closed the book on it for myself and I haven't had need to think about it. So it's not something that I've really considered. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my honest answer. Okay, that's fair. Now, in addition to these two things, Tom Holland has uh, been interviewed on uh, in Empire Magazine. And he's talking about his future after No Way Home because we're all kind of expecting a Spider-Man versus Venom crossover film. Uh, and so what does Tom Holland have to say? Quote, One more day's work on No Way Home, which will be a bittersweet day. I honestly don't know. It's the first time since I got cast as Spider-Man that I don't have a contract. And it's it's just really difficult for me to talk about because there are so many things I'd love to talk about that would help me embellish what I'm trying to explain, but I can't because it would just ruin the film, end quote. When I read that, when I hear that, it to me it sounds like Tom Holland is trying to lightly say, hey, this is the end of my Spider-Man. Uh, I don't have a contract for any more. Does that what, I mean, that's what it sounds like, right? Or that's a hint, hint, I don't have a contract. Hey, you're well, back! <laughs> <laughs> so, well, yeah. Isn't, well, I guess this is Sony. I just remember, like, a while ago, we, like, we found out that Marvel isn't, like, doing contracts or, or like, they're doing this variation of contracts where, They're like, no longer doing 10 movie contracts. That's it. That's it. Okay, yeah. So, so they can just, like, bring on, bring on people whenever they want for just one movie. Okay. All right. That's, that's what I was getting confused with, so. But, yeah. Are we, are we going to see, are we going to see Tom Holland's Spider-Man die? Are we going to see... That's- that's the vibe I got from that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really. Yeah. I, I, especially when he says, uh, you know, I wish I, I'd love to talk about, 
you know, certain things, but I can't because it would just ruin the film. Is Tom Holland dying? Is he getting sucked into the Sony Spider Verse, and we're never going to see him again? Like, probably the uh, probably what's going to happen. Or was he given a bunch of talking points because he's known for giving out spoilers? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, but what what about what about uh, if we jump back a little bit? What about uh, Andrew Garfield's comments and Kevin Feige's comments about keep our expectations in check? Are we not getting Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in these movies? I don't think we are. Well, and people have also, there's been a lot of talk about Venom also. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the more they talk about, so we've talked about Charlie Cox, talked about Andrew Garfield. We've talked, we've talked about Tobey Maguire. We've talked about Willem Dafoe. We've talked about um, Doc Ock, uh, Al, uh, Molina, which those are in there. But when you start adding all these names up, then you get, you know, them trying, you know, we're expecting them to shove a lot in one film. And not to mention that we're going to have, you know, Dr. Strange and it's just who knows, but well, you know, it could be, it could be like Spider-Man three where they tried to throw everything in, you know, and I hope it's not. Well, so there's some thought that they're creating the sinister six. Oh yeah. They're doing that. And for sure. maybe they get the sinister six together and shove them off into another universe. And then he never gets a movie with Venom. And so that could be it too. Would you guys rather see a Sinister Six versus Spider-Man, or would you rather see a a Venom versus Spider-Man? Venom. I personally want Venom versus Spider-Man because that was always my favorite of the TV, the cartoon shows that I used to watch. So, Venom versus Spider-Man were always my favorite. Tom mm. Hardy's Venom, one hundred percent all the way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I agree. Very interesting. All right. Any last comments on all of the Spider-Man movies? <laughs> we're kind of running long. I think we're good. I think we're good. Yeah. Anyways. Hey, folks. Thanks so much for joining us on another adventure of Super Nerd Podcast. Make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button and leave us a review wherever you're listening to us. Subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Pocket Cast, or wherever else you find us to include YouTube. You can watch Amanda and I react to a lot of different trailers. Just search for Super Nerds React. Next week, we are talking Eternals. That's right. The next MCU movie is coming out, and we're going to be talking Eternals next week. So make sure to leave us a voicemail with your thoughts on Eternals at anchor.fm slash supernerdpodcast. You just might be featured on the upcoming show. You can also email us your thoughts on Eternals to supernerdpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Search Super Nerd Podcast. Give us a like. Give us a share. But from all of us at Super Nerd Podcast, stay nerdy, my friends. Have fun. Catch you later. Bye.